0: It seems these days I'm in a haze and I can't concentrate on things, can't eat or sleep, feel incomplete and kinda scared and creepy. I look over my shoulder lots and shudder when I watch TV. I bite my nails and cuticles and watch my words very carefully. Flag at White House. I bite my lip a lot and fidget with the buttons on my blouse. Why? Because there's a communist living in the White House why aren't people shocked or something why aren't people up in arms does anyone read history or see red flags or hear alarms the streets are filled with deaf and dumb as i squeak like a mouse there's a communist living in the white house my husband really misses me my parents think i've gone crazy only Glenn Beck understands me Sean Hannity and Huckabee, but you know, besides those three and the sweet people who drink the tea, there's no one else who can see the Coven is living in the White House. Now, you may say, do I have any evidence to support my suppositions? And I will say, where do you want me to start? Uh, His grandparents were socialists. His mother was his. his father was a communist. He had Marxist professors. He taught a course in college on Saul Alinsky. He, um, while his college records are sealed, he told um, Joe the Plumber on the campaign trail, Spread the Wealth, which is a direct quote from the Communist Manifesto written by Karl Marx and that other guy. He, um... Uh, He appointed Van Jones to be his green job czar. Van Jones is a purported communist. Now, a capitalist would never appoint a communist advisor. He, um, oh, his church of 20 years with Jeremiah Wright preaching was Black Liberation Theology, which is actually um, Marxism. Let's see as soon as he got in office, he um, had the government take over the banks and the car industry, and now he's trying to jam down our throats socialized medicine and the cap and trade. I mean, how much more proof do you want? (sighs) I'm jittery. My teeth, I grate. I twitch. I shake. I ruminate. Lately, I'm perplexed and pinched in pain. I pout and ponder. That's a good alliteration. Maybe I have lost my mind or have been drugged by some narcotic. Maybe I'm in a movie called 1984 or I'm just idiotic. But if I am in a dream fast asleep, I think I will just try to keep my eyes shut till this goes away and I awake to a happier day when my ukulele does not play this song of dire distress and dismay. This song called There's a Communist Living in the White House. There's a communist living in the White House! There's a communist- everybody!
1: in southern Ontario and she wants you to drink the Kool-Aid. That's all I'm saying. Uh, you know Victoria Jackson. She appeared on The Show. Johnny Carson over 20 times at just the beginning of her life. Victoria eventually joined the cast of NBC's Saturday Night Live and worked with the likes of Dennis Miller, Steve Martin, Demi Moore, John Lovitz, Dana Carvey, Phil Hartman, and Joe Piscopo. This comedian... Actress and musician also has a spiritual side to her that is uh, pretty genuine and sincere. But lately, I tell you, boy, it's been, she's been causing a few eyebrows to raise in Hollywood, which is a hard thing to do because most eyebrows don't even move in Hollywood. Uh, specifically, she's uh, you know talked out recently about two guys making out on the hit show uh, Glee. Um, the Communists in the White House stuff. Let's see what else. Oh, she's performing alongside of former Saturday Night Live cast member Joe Piscopo and special guest, Father Guido Sarducci, at Fallsview Casino Resort. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, there's a few tickets left. you got to go get them, and uh, I think we should stop talking. I think we should just talk to Victoria Jackson. Hello, Victoria Jackson.
2: Well, hello. How are you?
1: Thank you for joining the Drew Marshall Show again.
2: Drew, uh, did you say I want people to drink Kool-Aid? I don't want them to drink the (laughs) Kool-Aid.
1: No, I meant your Kool-Aid. Your Kool-Aid. No,
2: no. truth i do not have the poison that will kill them that's
1: what i'm fighting against you know the first thing i don't know if anyone has asked you this directly you always get asked about your voice and let's not talk about that silly stuff let's talk about is this is this a shtick like for example uh a year ago i i kind of confessed on this radio show that i i was struggling spiritually i wasn't 100 percent convinced that there's a god and and diane cannon phoned me up and said. Is this is this real, Drew, or is this is this a media uh, thing? Is this a shtick? Is this a Are you trying to get you know ratings and stuff? She got very angry at me because she thought I was playing a game. Victoria Jackson, is this a game?
2: Wh- which part of my life?
1: <laughs> Good point. Thanks for that uh, <laughs> rebuttal. Um, I'm going to go with the communist and the White House stuff.
2: Oh, that's I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, a game. I'm going
1: to go with the Tea Party stuff.
2: No, no. L- listen, this is what actually happened to me. And I've been living in Miami raising a family and in 2007 my husband could retire with a pension and I said Paul please let me move back to LA. I hate Miami and I've given up all of my life for you and the kids and now one of them is married and the other one almost is. Can I please can you please retire? He's like, well, uh if I stay 5 more years I get a big bonus. Of course, that all our money will be worth air in 5 years, you know. <laughs> I mean, it'll be paper. So um, I'm like, come on, honey. So we made a compromise. Me and the teenager moved to L.A. for me to try to, my dream of my whole life is to be an airhead on a sitcom. And it's eluded me. <laughs> so figure. I don't know how to do impressions and characters. I don't know how I got on SNL. I did audition, But anyway, so my husband's like, I'll commute every 10 days to see you and the daughter. And then eventually maybe I'll move there. So I got my dream house in L.A. because the, um, the economy crashed and I could afford something an hour outside of L.A. Nice. Because, you know, my first husband took all my SNL money. So anyway. Yes. So long story short, I'm out there and I'm like, well, how do I start my career again? I'm 50. Nobody likes 50-year-old women here. <laughs> and I, I don't know anyone anymore. So I, my friend said there was a secret meeting of conservatives. Ah. And I said, oh, well, I guess I'm a conservative. I've never been political, but, you know, I mean, I'm a Christian, so I must be conservative. So I went <laughs> to this meeting, and, and all the people in L.A. who are conservatives have to hide in the closet or they will lose their careers. Right. So we're meeting, and everyone's talking, and I said, well, I don't know anything about politics, but I guess I'm a conservative. I was really wanted to get connections there. I wanted to network to try to get an audition.
1: Right. So you walked up to John Ratzenberger or Gary Sinise, and you said...
2: I'm like, hi. And I'm (laughs) thinking, got any roles for a 50-year-old who's 20 pounds overweight? (laughs) And so, you know, so I started hearing them talk, and it was 2007, and they showed me a movie called Blocking the Path to 9-11. Which is a documentary that shows, I met the guy who wrote and produced the movie, it's a documentary about how 9-11 happened. Now, in the movie, there's a scene that makes Bill Clinton look bad, because he uh, didn't answer the phone when our military had Osama Bin Laden within their sights and could have killed him, Clinton didn't answer the phone.
1: He was was busy. Is it?
2: It's a proven fact. It happened more than once, but it was in the movie because it's true. It's Listen,
1: when you have that many interns around you, you can't answer the phone all the time.
2: Exactly, and so and some people like girls who are twenty pounds overweight. Thank goodness. <laughs> so anyway, um, so what happened was, I saw the movie. I'm like, oh my goodness, the Clintons have too much power. No one, should, no politician should have so much power they can stop truth from being told to the American public in a documentary. And so I thought I gotta tell people not to vote for Hillary. But I never even voted till I was like forty-five. Wow! I'm not political. I hate politics. It's all a bunch of crooks, right?
1: So why, why the Tea Party then? Why are no. you? Why, why do you love Sarah Palin so much? Well,
2: I'll tell you why. So it's 2007. I'm like, we can't have Hillary. We gotta fix this country. We can't have people saying it depends on what the meaning of the word is. Is. <laughs> Uh, I'm like, you know, where are these middle-aged people? Come on, middle-aged people, why aren't you fixing this? And then I realize I'm the middle-aged people. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I am. If I don't The old people are dying, they don't care. The young people are just thinking about S-E-X. It's the middle-aged people have to fix these things, the boring things, so...
1: Now hold on, did you just spell something? S-E-X. Oh, right.
2: So then I'm like, All of a sudden, someone's running for president who's left of Hillary. I was like, left of Hillary? Well, she's a socialist, and what would be left of Hillary? That would have to be communism. So I started doing research. Well, my new friends in Hollywood, the conservatives, showed me this movie about Obama's past, that the media was not showing anyone. The media is in his pocket. They're not telling anyone the truth and i was horrified so i told my agent and she she got mad at me i told everyone i knew i put on my website i started telling people he's a communist look at his background look at his parents look at his church nobody wanted to hear they looked at me with disgust and anger and so i i was asked by the hollywood republicans to give a speech because they saw my website i'm like i don't know how to give a political speech So basically, I was reading the Bible one day, and I read Leviticus 26, and it said, "And the nation that obeys God will be blessed, and the nation that does not obey God will be cursed." And it had all the verses applied to our country. It even had the word terror in there, terrorism. And so, I said that in my speech. Well, they put it on the internet, and that was the beginning.
1: Wow, wow. Okay, any regrets? Do you you regret? Are you kidding me? Do you regret coming out?
2: I regret that I didn't get involved when I was 20. Right. Because that's why our country is communist now, because everyone let the liberals control everything. The progressives, which is a new word for communism, they came into every office, took over the textbooks of the schools, took over the universities and our whole country's brainwashed into thinking it's good to be communist
1: do you know anything about the canadian government uh, right now victoria Uh,
2: i don't but i've been asking people about it and in my act last night i do not do anything political because people get all freaked out you know yeah and like joe piscopo says to me uh keep it light victoria so (laughs) so i was like i guess that means keep it light so i didn't say anything political i said one thing i said no, so I guess nothing much has changed since I've been here a couple of years ago except well our country is socialist now. No laugh. No, nothing. Nothing. And Crickets. I go but I go, but you're socialist, right? Crickets. Crickets. So tell me, what's the Canadian
1: system? Well, it's very hard to explain because um, uh, I would say, at least in the GTA, we're fairly uh, Toronto-centric. Uh, w- whatever happens uh, in Toronto uh, is really, a, I guess we get acquainted. That's our world. That is just our world right here in Toronto. The rest of Canada doesn't really matter. So Calgary, I'm joking, by the way, Calgary is very conservative, right, Kalita? You were, are you not from kind of from that area? Yes, so Calgary, very conservative. Right, B.C., where all the marijuana is growing, that's very, very little Liberal, So anything this side of the mountains, uh, between the mountains and Toronto, is conservative. So the, the farmers, you know, the good farmers. And then you hit Toronto, mostly liberal. And then you hit Quebec, and they're not even really part of Canada. And then you go on the other side of Quebec, and I'd say it's more more conservative out there, typically. So it's interesting how we've got uh, Toronto and BC that are, I guess, the main liberal provinces, but yet we have had a conservative government for how many years now? Has it been eight? Well, in Toronto, just elected a conservative mayor. Yeah, we just got a conservative mayor in Toronto, and our prime minister is conservative. We finally have a conservative majority, which is ridiculous. That hasn't happened in a long, long time. Hmm. So we don't know what's going on here.
2: Do you have an illegal immigration problem?
1: Uh, Yeah, we call that Quebec. Uh, no, I don't think we have an illegal immigration problem. No, that's you guys. That's, uh, you, that's
2: don't, you guys. Don't worry about terrorism.
1: No, we try to uh, export terrorism down to your neck of the woods. Uh. They come into Canada and then they sneak across and go blow up your country.
0: But we let everyone in. Here. We do. We, we let everybody. in. It's not a in. problem because no. everybody can come in. Yeah.
1: You better
2: stop that. What? Look what happened in Norway.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy?
2: I'm Norwegian, and I thought how come no one ever says, Nor- I'm Norwegian hyphen American? I'm going to start saying that, because I don't believe in a hyphen thing, you
1: know. <laughs> Norwegian American, Norwegian American. Uh, okay, let's get on to a couple things. First of all, I saw you on uh, Bill Maher. It was a number of years ago that you were on Bill Maher's show. Uh, you were on with Aaron Neville, another previous guest of our show, and uh, poor old Aaron. I don't know why he was invited on there. He said six words. He's so quiet and shy. <laughs> I
2: know. I know he, did say- he was representing the Christian side, me and him, and there's three or four atheists screaming at us and he didn't say a word i'm like thanks for backing me up yeah there. yeah
1: no he was just there to pound bill if he got a little you know because aaron's got the big pipes you well, know he
2: did have a big tattoo of jesus on his on his guns yeah i think they're called guns not pipes
1: oh well does it daryl can you correct us on this is it guns well, or pipes guns or pipes either or but no I've, I've heard guns in use more often yes. those probably. pipes Oh yes, vocal pipes. Yes, yes. Pythons. We're... You can say your pythons. Okay. Can we move on from this? My goodness, you've done good at, uh, on that. I really enjoyed. Uh, b- however, now I want your reaction to this. I actually agree with a lot of what Bill Maher says when it comes to religion. What do you think about that?
2: You Uh, Well, I agree. Religion is from the Greek word religio, which means to bind back to God, and it's man's attempt to find favor with God, and it really means works for salvation, and all the religions of the world teach works for salvation, whether it's crawling on your knees to Mecca Hail Mary's, what have you. But the Bible, Christianity is the opposite of religion because it says God did it for you. He died for you, and you don't have to do anything to win a favor because our righteousness is as a filthy rags. So even if we try to be perfect compared to God, we'd be filthy rags. So basically, it's the good news, the gospel. And so yeah, I hate religion, too. But I think when Bill Maher talks about religion, he includes Christianity. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, we're talking about hypocrisy all the way around, too. That's a big sore point for Bill.
2: Uh, uh-huh, and liberals are so hypocritical. Man, I'm calling them on it on my <laughs> new articles. Hey, listen, here's yes. a liberal. Yeah. They're pro-Muslim and they're pro-gay. But Muslims kill gays. Go figure that one out. Yeah,
1: yeah. Wow, you just blew my head up.
2: Hypocrite
1: blew my head up. Uh, what the heck are you doing in Fallsview? Tell me about this gig. First of all, the first thing I want to know is does Joe... Uh, the guns, the pipes, the guns.
2: Oh, he looks great. I think he... He was ripped. He's older than me. He was not in my cast. He was the cast before me. Right. So he's... Uh, I don't know about his... Ripped. I haven't seen him naked or anything, but um, okay, then. he's in a tuxedo singing Sinatra. So really, but he looks great, and Father Guido Sarducci looks great too.
1: Now, who played Father Guido Sarducci? I forgot who who played that. Uh... Don Novello. Right. Right. <laughs> he
2: looks the same. They both look the same as like thirty years ago.
1: Fantastic. And so, uh, give us a little, a little snapshot, a little flavor. If I was to go down to Fallsview Casino and uh, say, "Listen, I I heard on the Drew Marshall show there's this cool show tonight, and I want to, I want to go. Uh, wh- why would I want to? Go.
2: Well, I'll tell you, the orchestra is so beautiful, and they're playing classics like Sinatra, and I stand backstage, and I literally drift away. I drift away from reality, politics, problems, and I, and um, then you got, we're very different. You know, I'm i am going to do a handstand tonight, and I'm 52. That's wow. going to be amazing.
1: Wow. Don't pull a Brittany. Make sure you're fully clothed. <laughs> Just saying.
2: Actually, I know. A, a wardrobe
0: misfunction would be very
1: bad. <laughs> that happened with me last night in baseball. I'm, I'm trying to remember the last time you were on our show, I, you pulled out the ukulele and you sang us a song right there on the spot, live, <sighs> live, and you brought your daughter down to harmonize with you. It was, a, it was a sweet moment, Victoria, a That's sweet moment.
0: Good. How
1: is the family?
2: Well, the 25-year-old's married and just gave me a grandchild, six months old. Whoa! Good, good for them. Very, very fun. And my 17-year-old is finishing high school this year.
1: Wow. Okay. So, what does it mean when you don't have children any, you know, more sort yes, of?
2: Yes, I know. I'm an adventurer. Hmm. I don't know what's going to happen.
1: <laughs> we all uh, are intrigued by who you are and how you're wired and the things you say and the conclusions you come to. Yes, uh,
2: I think it's good I'm a Christian or I'd probably be very wild.
1: Yeah, I I remember you saying that one time. As a matter of fact, I remember a quote about, uh, oh, here we go, yeah. <laughs> if I wasn't a Christian, I would end up like Chris Farley, dead. Oh.
2: Well, yeah, I have an addictive personality.
1: Right. Wine, that feels wine, good, wine, is your uh, vice, is it oh, not?
2: Oh, really? I told you that? Yes, you did. Wow. Huh. Yeah, I've been pretty good about it. I haven't had any for a while. Okay. Um, I would probably be a stripper if I had a better body. <laughs> I would love to be a stripper. It would be fun to have men drooling all over
1: me. <laughs> Ew. Uh, That's just kind of gross. When was the last time you got together with these uh with these uh, secret republicans in Hollywood?
2: Oh, we talk now and then, you know, secretly. Yeah. But
1: I had lunch with uh with John Ratzenberger and Candace Cameron burray who's on the show next. Do You remember Candace? She played yeah. DJ in Full House. And uh Candace was very uh interested in coming to this uh this group, this oh, meeting.
2: Oh, yeah, cuz she's a Christian. Yeah, i bumped into her different Christian things.
1: She's right.
2: beautiful.
1: She is, she is. Now listen, in our studio we have with us an entertainer, very similar to what you do in some ways. Uh, this is Kalita. Kalita, I'd like to introduce you to Victoria Jackson.
0: Hi, Victoria. Hi, Kalida. It's, uh, it's neat to hear you.
2: Oh, well, I like your name.
0: Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I love what you did on SNL i fan.
1: I will brag about Kalita because it's weird if you brag about yourself. Um, Kalita, a tremendous voice, still has quite a following with her recording career, with her music career. Uh, was on Canada's premier sort of country music show, the Tommy Hunter Show, for many, many years. And uh, also has this one-woman show where she uh, changes outfits and, and, and has different characters. See, Victoria, you can't even do different characters.
2: Well, I can, a little. I'm being humble. Are you? But I'm not, I'm not like Dana, I'm not like Phil Hartman.
1: No. No. Isn't he dead too? Yeah. Yeah, that that was a sad one, wasn't it? Yeah. They're all very sad. Okay, so uh, the show is, uh, what time tonight? I think it's at uh, 8 o'clock, is I- it? 9 o'clock, okay. Oh, yeah, Saturday nights, 9 o'clock. Sorry, I got my times wrong. Saturday night, tonight, at Fallsview Casino Resort, July 23rd, 9 o'clock, Victoria will be performing alongside of former Saturday Night Live cast member Joe Piscopo and special guest Father Guido Sarducci. Uh, There are tickets available, and I think you should go. Before we say goodbye to you, Victoria, Uh Glee.
2: Oh, I'll tell you about it. Well, I'm kind of out of the loop on... um Sitcoms and such because I watch Fox News twenty four seven. Right. Because I'm watching America disappear and it's historical. Okay. And um.
1: By the way, Ted DiBiase is someone else you should get in touch with. Okay. He's just like you.
2: A David Mamet is now a conservative. Okay. Yeah, he's smart. Okay. Okay, so when people know the facts, they become conservatives. It's just it's hard to find them because the media is lying. But anyway. So, I'm, you know, flicking channels, and I go, oh, Glee, oh, I love singing and dancing. And I start watching it, and I go, wait a minute, Uh, there's two teenage boys kissing on the mouth right now, and the Sound of Music, uh, the the, the, the theme from Tara, Gone with the Wind or something, is playing. I'm like, this is, I'm going to vomit right now. And... Here's the thing. I have gay friends, but they don't kiss guys in front of me, and they don't talk about their sex life in front of me, and I don't talk about my sex life in front of them, okay? So I've been kind of living in a bubble, because I didn't know that all of the TV shows now are gay, and all of the movies. I mean, I suspected, but I didn't know it has already happened. And so I couldn't believe it, and I went, wait a minute. I don't want my daughter watching that. I don't." There's 8-year-olds, there's 10-year-olds who haven't even reached puberty yet and the gay agenda is shoving down their throats it's normal it's normal it's normal and you know what get out of my face okay get out of my face when you're 10 you're an empty slate and if it's so hard to be gay why would you want to con- sexually confuse an empty blank slate that's innocent these sec- these uh airways are controlled by secular humanists that means they believe anything's okay you're god And they have stolen the innocence of an entire generation. And you know what? My daughter is 17. She doesn't know what romance is. She doesn't know what love letters and holding hands and Frank Sinatra is. You know why? Because her generation, they have naked women on on the Internet. The boys can get that any time of day. They have uh, their crude, grotesque shows on TV that show it all. And my daughter is never going to experience the romance that I got to.
1: It is, you know what, uh, it, It's a, I think we could all agree that the moral degradation of today's society is something that most of us are concerned with, but yet it just seems so overwhelming, and I, say, and I think especially Canadians, we're, we're pretty apathetic, and so we sort of, you know, sit back and go, well, you know, what are we really going to do, and you know, as long as it's not really affecting my backyard, then whatever. So what would you say, what would Victoria Jackson say right now to motivate Canadians uh, to do something about the moral degradation of the society in North America, we can 't do the vote here with the tea Party and think because we 're Canadians, right? So what do you say to Canadians?
2: Well it, it, if you don 't care then you 're not going to do anything and very small percentage of our people in the world care about anything besides their food, their sex, and their TV. If they get that they 're happy, they don 't care. you know but when it starts affecting them, they care. When their teenager comes home confused and like, I don't know if I'm gay or not. And I mean, if your fe- first sexual experience is homo, then you will. I mean, seriously, if my first sexual experience would have been with a woman, I'd probably think of sexual delight as that. Mm-hmm. I mean, what would I say to them? Well, I say the answer to life is the Bible it's corny it's true and god's word never changes and the world is uh the second law of thermodynamics says the world is in a state of entropy so i'm not surprised that everything's getting worse and falling apart because that's the law of physics actually and uh it's biblical prophecy too but it doesn't mean we're not supposed to fight the evil and try to keep our own self pure and then, but the, thing, the reason I spoke out is no, who, nobody's talking, nobody's speaking out. Where's all the preachers? Where's all the Christians? Hello, aren't there like millions of Christians somewhere hiding? <laughs> what, hiding in church, thinking, preaching to the choir? <laughs> We're supposed to engage in our culture. We're not supposed to hide in a corner.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Victoria Jackson will be performing tonight alongside of former Saturday Night Live cast member Joe Piscopo and special guest Father Guido Sarducci at Fallsview Casino but, Resort.
2: But tell the people I'm not political or religious tonight.
1: You know what? Our people are going to love you. you yeah. just, you're just you the bomb. You're the bomb. Oh, wait. Can we say that? Is that allowed? You're and the I'm bomb.
2: wearing a bustier that I squeezed into for the audience.
1: <laughs> as long as you don't have your burka, we're fine. <laughs> Great to chat with you, Victoria.
2: Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye.
1: Victoria Jackson on the Drew Marshall show. Uh, doesn't get any more politically politically incorrect than that, I love right it. there, eh? Right there. All right. Well, a short break, and when we come back, Dr. Chap Clark, author of Hurt 2.0: Inside the World of Today's Teenagers. Hey, we just talked a little bit about teenagers. There's a natural segue, mm-hmm. and then we got other stuff later, including Candace Cameron Bure. Stay with us. Like what you've heard? Listen again online at drewmarshall.ca.